Welcome everyone. It is Easter Sunday. And when I think of Easter, the, the verse that comes to my mind is this, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. You know, the writer of Matthew thought the same thing as he quotes this passage from Isaiah in Matthew chapter four, as Jesus is entering into ministry in Galilee, the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Happy Easter. Uh, what a great day it is. I, I love everything about Easter. I love uh, being at church on Easter Sunday, everyone dressed up. I love the Easter egg hunts, the food, the family, the fellowship, uh, the Easter lilies. I love all of it. But if we're not careful, we can miss the great theological importance of what Easter is really about, right? Resurrection. Today is Resurrection Sunday. As we've been going through this seedbed series, we've been talking about the great themes of our faith, and, and resurrection is one of those great themes of our faith. Uh, the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Resurrection brings light to the darkness. I hope you've been following along in this series as we've been looking at those core components of our faith. I'd encourage you to go back and check some of them out if you've missed some of them. But today is Easter Sunday, and we're talking about that very thing, resurrection. This whole Holy Week, we've been looking at the cross. We've been looking at the resurrection, the central part of our faith. And Easter truly does fulfill our deepest longings as a people. It is a reminder of the deep joy that we have as followers of Jesus Christ, that no matter what happens, that no matter what we're going through, we are an Easter people. We are a people of the resurrection, uh, that we have been given new life and we have been given eternal life. Amen? Amen. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. It was the hope of the prophet Isaiah. I love Isaiah. I love what he prophesies about the coming of the Messiah. He has given us a glimpse uh, of the future promise of God that the light from eternity would dawn someday and bring great joy. In that same chapter, Isaiah even prophesies about the birth of the king, that this child would be born someday, a son given to us, and that all authority would rest on his shoulders and he would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, that he will sit on David's throne and his kingdom and that his kingdom would reign forever and it would bring justice and righteousness. And Isaiah goes on to prophesy in uh, chapter 12, three through six. I love this passage and I wanna just hang out with this for just a moment. Hear these great words. With joy, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the nations, proclaim that his name is exalted, sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth. Shout aloud and sing for joy, O royal Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. When is the day that we are called to do all this? That day is today, Easter. Uh, today, give thanks to the Lord. Today, rejoice and proclaim his name. Today, sing praises to the Lord, for he has indeed done glorious things. Today is the day to shout aloud and to sing for joy. And, and it starts with this phrase that I want to sink deep within your soul. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. 
it's Easter. And, and I hope that today or sometime during this day that that, that overwhelms you, uh, that it really fills you. And, and if you're here today and you don't have that joy of salvation, I invite you to listen to this story. Maybe you've heard it before or maybe you've never heard it before or, or maybe you just need to be reminded of what Easter really is about. It is about resurrection. It is the story of God's rescue plan for humanity, a story that began way back in the beginning of our Bible, and now here we have the fulfillment of that great hope. And I pray it fills you with joy. As Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, relays the events of this great Easter day, the light of dawn has just broken upon the world. And the text says it's uh, two women, both, uh, by the way, named Mary, uh, they're on their way to the tomb of Jesus. They're still reeling from the horror of seeing their friend murdered on a cross. And after his death, they really didn't have time to properly prepare his body for burial. So here early Sunday morning, they're coming back to the tomb. They brought spices and they're going to wrap his body properly. As they're coming, you know, they're prepared really for a funeral right? They're prepared to cry. They're prepared to mourn. They're prepared to grieve. They're prepared to really experience that, that gaping hole when you lose someone you love. They weren't prepared for what they saw and experienced. It overwhelmed them. It reversed that great horror that they'd experienced just three days earlier. The text says that there was an earthquake and an angel came down from heaven and rolled back the stone and that sealed the entrance to the tomb, that his appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. And the Roman guards who were supposed to be guarding the tomb, it, it says they became like dead men. Most likely they fainted. I probably would have fainted as well. They were appointed to guard the tomb because the chief priests were afraid that Jesus' disciples would try to steal Jesus' body and say that he was resurrected. So the guards were placed to make sure that nothing happened to the body. And in this interaction with the guards and the angel and the two women, I think Matthew kind of interjects some irony here. The guards who are alive become like dead men, and then the man who is dead becomes alive. Uh, the tomb is now empty. And what did the angel say to the women? Well, what angels always say when they make themselves uh, uh, appear before us, don't be afraid, right? Don't be afraid. This is the message this morning. Don't be afraid. This is what the text says. Do not be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has been raised, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. Jesus has risen from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead, it, it truly is the central tenet of our faith. It is the reason that you're watching. Hopefully it is the reason why we gather as Christians every week. It is the core of our faith. As Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 15, 17, he says this, and if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless. And that truly is the case because I believe with all my heart that Jesus indeed rose from the dead. It wasn't just a, a spiritual resurrection, but a physical 
bodily resurrection. And I believe it because of the witnesses to it. Again, I return to Paul in Corinthians when he says this. This is 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 8. He says this, For I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, then, he, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, last of all, as to one untimely born, he also appeared to me. This wasn't just an isolated event where one person witnessed the resurrected Jesus. No, more than 500 people witnessed the resurrection of Jesus. But what has always struck me and what I think is just absolutely fascinating about this story is the fact that all four Gospels record that the first witnesses of the resurrection were women. Just let that sink in for a moment, especially for the first century. This is one of the primary pieces of evidence in my mind why the resurrection actually happened and it took place this way that the women were the first witnesses, the first evangelists. You know, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that record these events of Jesus all written by men, Jewish men, or, or, or those who saw or heard witnesses of Jesus. And in the first century, uh, in the Jewish faith specifically, um, to be a witness for like a trial or something, you had to have two witnesses, and neither of them could be women. So here we have this story and the first witnesses are women. You know, if you wanted to make up a story, you wouldn't have included women as the first witnesses. But here we have it. God often uses the weak of society or the outcasts or the unexpected to proclaim his message. The angel spoke to the women and told them not to be afraid. And he told them to go and proclaim to the disciples that Jesus had been raised from the dead. And as the women run to tell the disciples, it says they were filled with fear and great joy. I want to stop for just a second in that. I love the fact that they were both afraid and joyful. It's okay in this world if we're afraid to be overwhelmed by situations that you might find yourself in, but we can still have joy. And here these women had joy. And as the women on the way, they're met by Jesus. And it says this in, in chapter 28, verse 9. They came to him, that's Jesus, took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Now we might miss the significance of this moment if we're not careful. Throughout the Bible, we see people trying to worship either prophets or messengers of God, angels. And every time someone tries to worship them, they stop the people and say, no, don't worship me. I'm just the messenger. Don't bow down to me. Worship God. But, but here, Jesus doesn't stop the women from worshiping him. They're prostrate on the ground at his feet, worshiping him. And Jesus accepts their worship because he is the king, because he is the Messiah, the one who is from God. When we started this series, we talked about Trinity, one of the foundations of our faith, that God is best expressed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And here we see the second part of the Trinity, Jesus proclaiming he really is God, that he's allowing the people and these women to worship 
him and we are called to worship him as well. The church is built on this central fact. Jesus has arisen from the grave and his, his resurrection is unique uh, amongst all religions. Now, it's true, other religions that has have strong ethical systems uh, of right and wrong. Other religions have ideas about heaven and the afterlife. Other religions have their own holy scriptures, in fact. But no other religion, except for our faith, Christianity, has a God who became human and literally died for our sins and then was resurrected to establish his kingdom here on earth and in heaven. This truly is the unexpected joy of Easter. The king has returned. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. And because Jesus has been resurrected from the dead, we know that death has been conquered and that we too will be raised from death to life. Because of the resurrection, it gives us, the church, the authority to proclaim uh, and the power of this witness uh, to the world because of the resurrection. It gives us meaning even in the midst of the tragedy of life. No matter what happens, resurrection gives us hope for the future. Because of the resurrection, we are assured that Jesus is alive and ruling his kingdom. And he is not a myth. He is alive. He is real. Because of the resurrection, the power of God that brought forth Jesus from death to life, that power is now available to us. Because of the resurrection, all that was broken in creation is now being made new. Because of the resurrection, we are now given the gift of living in the kingdom of heaven, life eternal, because the king has returned and he is calling you to be a part of that kingdom. I pray that you will come. I pray that you will be a part of that. The resurrection is why we are here today. And I leave us with these final words of Jesus from the gospel of Matthew. Remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. That resurrection brings light to our darkness. Lord, as we are, remember this story, as we celebrate this great tenet of our faith, this seedbed of our faith, Lord, may it renew our joy and our hope. May it give us peace and strength to go on in this day and every day. We love you, Lord. We thank you for Jesus. And we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Happy Easter. Go in peace today.